Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Brossery. More than just bra straps, the accessory I love. With styles from dainty to daring, you will too. Click the link in the description or go to brossery.com and use promo code BUSHIP to get free shipping on your order today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I've been really looking forward to this episode because it is secretly a passion of mine to investigate passive income and just other streams of income, whether it's something that you're looking to do long-term or it's something that you're wanting to dabble in because who doesn't want to make some extra money? And I've been so fortunate to be connected with my guest today, Lane Kawaoka, who is from Hawaii. So I'm excited about that too. That's something Lane and I have in common. Um, we were just talking a little bit ago about how I have so much family there. So um, aloha to those of you that are listening and tuning in from the great island of Oahu and neighboring islands because because I have a special place in my heart for um, my Islander friends and family. Um, but Lane is here today, and he's got just such a great story. Lane, I'm not going to steal your thunder, but you know, you're you went from industrial engineer. You went to college. You got a great degree and a great education, and then you found yourself getting into real estate. And I think you took a path that many of us had taken, um, which is to go to college and we're taught to get a good job and have stability and work towards our retirement. Um, I certainly was taught that. Um, I did that as well. Went to college, got, you know, a pretty decent job. Um, and then we, we discover that there might be some other ways than, than traditional paths to, you know, making good money and maybe even being able to stop working sooner and things like that. So why don't you start out with telling your story of how you got into real estate? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, you know, typical like linear path, right? We're all taught to go to school, study hard. Um, you know, especially growing up in Hawaii, you know, you're all taught to kind of go to college, go to school in the mainland. And I don't know why I picked engineering, maybe just because it was like the highest paid profession without having to go to more college. Um, that's what I did. So I went to, went and graduated, worked for a couple of years. And again, following all this financial dogma that we're all taught that, you know, where I think we're going to talk about today, you know, like buying a house to live in. I don't particularly think that's a great idea. But for some reason, we're all brainwashed to think that, and as I was, so I bought a house to live in. Um, took me a couple of years to save up eighty grand for a down payment, and then I was never home because I was working on the road, as most young professionals are, and decided to rent it out. Just like how people put their cars on Turo, right? Just, I was in my early twenties, and the mortgage was twenty 
200 or 1600 dollars a month and the rents were 2200 a month and to a young 20 something year old kid that was a lot of beer money back then and then i realized hey if i just kept doing this a few more times i'll be able to quit my quit my job that's amazing and then you did <laughs> it, right? it, took, it takes a long time right i mean you know, i think before we go any further you know like in the world of real estate investing there's a lot of different activities you could do I particularly do passive real estate investing. So none of this wholesaling, flipping houses, that's all like a job to me. And, you know, mm -hmm. I had a pretty decent paying job and I was really frugal with my money as most people from Hawaii are, right? It's just, there's scarcity. <laughs> I know about there. that. Yeah, it's scarcity. It's like $12 for a gallon of milk out there. Crazy. Crazy. So you know, like if, if you're good with your money and you invest it and you get the financial freedom, not saying quickly, but, you know, surely, you know, a lot of my clients, you know, from five to a dozen years, we can get them. Now. That's amazing. And so I know that there's people listening going, okay, I want to invest in real estate. I'm not sure where to start. Um, rental properties seem like a nice place to start. I think a common question that I hear is, well, don't you need a lot of money for that? It's, you know, don't you need to have 20% if it's a non-owner occupied property and like properties are so expensive today? How am I supposed to get this capital to be able to start this journey in yeah. investing? Yeah, I mean, this is real estate investing, guys. Like, you need money to invest. If you don't have money, you know, you're going to have to what makes the money. And for some people, myself included, a day job was my best way to do that. It, it, when you're starting out, your net worth is under half a million. You have to trade time for money. And the, it, to me, it depends on how much money you make at your per job. Right? If you're making mm -hmm. under 50, 60 grand a year, yeah, you might have to go wholesale some houses, flip houses, and do all that type of stuff. I know nothing really about. But if you make a professional salary or you have a decent, like, running business, right, that's kind of humming along, you know, take that money and put to real estate investing. You're completely right. You need 20% down payment for a loan on these properties. But, you know, these prop we're not buying properties in California, New York, Hawaii, Seattle. Like we're targeting more of these secondary markets. So places like Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Little Rock, like the unsexy areas where typically we can buy a, a pretty decent house for a hundred grand that rents for a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. We're talking like okay. 20, 20, 30,000 bucks is all you really need to get going. Yeah, that's incredible. So, okay, let's say someone's gotten that far, Lane. They're like, okay, Lane, I hear you. Money's not just going to fall from the sky. I actually have to work yeah. my ass off a little bit to get some of that capital to get started. It, it okay, could. Great. You just have to pay for this thirty thousand dollar program, and you know, like <laughs> right. I mean, that's why yeah. I do what I pay do. Pay for program. So much, there's so much nonsense out there with that stuff, right? Where they just trick people into like relying on a glimmer of hope, and I'm here like, oh, <laughs> like you don't need any of that type of stuff. Yeah. Call, call somebody up, ask him to borrow the money, figure out yeah. something, you know, there's, there's different situations. So then they say, okay, so I've got this money and I, I want to get started. I know that this is smart to do to invest in real estate. 
how you know to your point you you mentioned these secondary markets how, how do you know what's cash flowing how do i know what market to go into and how to make decisions um that's going to yield the the best you know outcomes yeah so typically we're targeting properties that meet this one percent rent to value ratio so that's a quick math calculation you just take the monthly rent divided by the purchase price and it needs to be at least one percent for us to kind of cash flow and that's just the real quick and dirty way so i mean, you just move from california right like you, you'll be lucky to find a place in the ghetto for 400 grand that rents right. for two thousand dollars a month you know two thousand five four hundred grand is half a percent yep um, as they say out there it went all right that ain't gonna work no no it's las, not <laughs> las vegas is a little bit better right but you know nothing really beats the south and the midwest in terms of mm -hmm. rent to value ratios out there mm-hmm but that's kind of step one. Um, you know, after that, you, know, you need to grab the analyzer. Um, people can go to my website, download it for free. It's just a spreadsheet that kind of takes through. You input the rent and it figures out like the repairs, maintenance, vacancy. 10% uh, of the rents go to the property manager, right? Because you know, our time is better spent doing other things, and especially because these are remote properties to us. Mm -hmm. We're not buying in our backyard and we don't want to manage it ourselves. So that's why we need to have healthy um, room in our budget to be able to pay for all this stuff and ultimately cash flow at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. Yep. So tell tell us your website and where do you go to get the resources to be able to start on this journey? Yeah, our website simplepassivecashflow.com. Um, got the podcast too, but you know, in particular, to get that analyzer, they can go to simplepassivecashflow.com/analyzer. The spelling's kind of weird. I don't know if it's a Z or S, but just Google it on my website. You'll find it, and then you can download it. Start to play around with the numbers yourself. Cool. Yeah, and I'll put the website in the show notes. So if you need to reference it, you can always go there and click it and make sure that you're going to the right place to get the information that you need. Um, okay, so what? how do you... I mean, the, 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 you know, one of the big questions I think people are thinking of to you is how, how do you become successful in doing this? So if, if you're able, is it, is it as simple as if I can find one great deal and do that, I can replicate it? Or is it more complicated than that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not trying to find great deals, right? Like to find great deals takes a lot of freaking time and effort. <laughs> I mean, most of my clients are working professional jobs, they got family, they're busy, right? So yep. most times we're just buying retail properties. Right? You know, there are things out there called turnkey rentals, right? Where somebody else will fix up the property, you know, go through all this pain and anguish and headache and risk. They'll fix up all the kitchen, new plumbing, new roof, new appliances. Sometimes they'll even put a tenant in there for you. So it's essentially like a rental property on training wheels that you as the end buyer can purchase. Sure, it's a little bit more expensive, but hell, I mean, the returns are still going to be way, way better than you get in the stock market or any other retirement type of investment. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they think people, that's something I learned really early on. Um, you know, when you figure, when you find the ways you're making money with rental real estate, tax benefits, mortgage paid down, the tenants paying down your mortgage for you with their mm -hmm. heart and sweat and tears instead of you doing it, the, the cash flow and then the appreciation. I mean, you're making like 20, 30% return to your money. This is when I was like in my early 20s. I was like, 
WTF? Like, why the hell would what I want to put heck? my money in this crap at eight to ten percent? And you start to realize, like, you know, the way this whole system is engineered is like, you, know, you invest in these big Wall Street companies, these brokerages, garbage. They get all these hidden fees, and you work for forty, fifty years. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you're bringing up some amazing points because um, so so let's kind of maybe talk through some of those components a little bit deeper. Um, you know, I I have a lot to learn in this this space. I remember like the rental that I have in California. Um, you know, I was just listening to bigger pockets every day, you know, and kind of going oh man, this makes so much sense. Let me figure out at least how to get one rental so I can, you know, get it started. But, um, you know, equity is obviously one aspect of it. You have someone else paying, paying down and your equity is going up and, but tax advantages. Let's talk about that because I think that is, you know, for, for anybody who is out there working, um, let's say you follow the traditional path. Let's just kind of go with that. So you get a good job. Um, as you make more money, right? Which hopefully that is what everyone's kind of doing with whatever industry you're in. You get into a higher tax bracket, which means you pay more money. And so we're all paying more taxes. So what's the benefit from a tax perspective when you start investing in real estate? Yeah. So, I mean, in, in other assets, right? Like crypto stocks, when you make a capital gain or it goes up in price, you know, you got to pay taxes on that, bro. You know, like, it's just like you made it you made money in your paycheck. But then the cool thing about real estate and the reason why I keep coming back to real estate, I mean, I don't particularly like it. I just like to me, like the leverage that you can get for it, like the government sponsored loans and the taxes, that's why I do it. And to go into more detail, so on the taxes, you, for some strange reason, the IRS allows you to take a depreciation loss on the asset. For rental properties, you can take it over 27 years. So over 27 years, every year you can take 127th of the building improvement as a loss every year. Even though in 27 years, the damn thing's still going to be there. On paper, <laughs> you can like deduct it off your taxes. So this is, you know, for a little rental property, maybe may a few thousand dollars of losses that you can use to offset any income that you make on that property. And this is the way I operated for maybe six, seven years. And then I started to get into syndication deals and private placements where you can turbocharge this whole thing. You can do what's called a cost segregation. You basically get a geeky engineer to give you a big report, which you don't even look at. You just give it to your CPA. And now you can deduct, instead of waiting 27 years, you can deduct like a third of the building value in the first year, effectively getting you maybe 10, 20 times the amount of losses in the first year. And this big glut of losses is definitely going to wipe out your returns for your first several years. But this is where we work with clients, you know, like doctors, for example, they may make $700,000 a year. Well, if we have, if they accumulate so many passive losses and employ what's called a real estate professional status on their taxes, which is essentially just a checkbox. There are some hoops to jump through, of course, right? We're not going to really get into this on the podcast, but people can go to my website, read through this stuff themselves. Now, what we can do is use those passive losses to lower the ordinary income. So, you know, say we brought them from $700,000 to $500,000 of just gross income. We just saved them like 100 grand of taxes right there. And, and this is like, this is the big stuff for high income, high net worth investors that really moves the needle. Yeah. 
That's a lot of money. Yeah, right? I mean, and, and <laughs> this is the cool part, right? Like real estate professional status. I mean, one of the big things is you can't work. Your spouse can't work. But like, what a beautiful thing when you can have, you know, one, one spouse stays at home with the kids, stops working, but at the end of the day, they keep, the family keeps more money because they're doing smart tax stuff with real estate. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Okay, so you went from investing in uh, like single family homes and, and things like that, and then you got into to syndication. So talk about that shift and why you did that. Yeah, so I mean, rental properties is the way to go, right? Like we're gonna talk about apartments and syndications, but for those of you guys under a quarter million, half a million dollars net worth, focus on buying your first rental. This is all part of the journey. You can't short, you got to get your net worth up to a certain level to kind of play in the bigger deals. So, you know, and that's what I did. You know, when I graduated college, I just got a rental, bought another one the next year. Um, around 2015, I think six years later, I had 11 rentals. And then I, you know, at the 11 rentals at a few hundred dollars of cash flow each, I had maybe $3,000 of passive income a month. Um, I mean, not complaining or anything like that, but like 3,000 bucks isn't much, right? Like, I don't know what American family can survive off three Gs a month. Not in and, any of the states that you and I have <laughs> yeah, live in. Yeah, I mean, it's cool, right? I'm not gonna complain, right? Like who wouldn't like an extra paycheck a month, right? Heck yeah. Actually. But, you know, with 11 rentals, just to give people some insights, you know, it's not truly passive. Right. you've got a you're managing the manager right the manager's managing all the bs for you but with 11 rentals you know maybe i had an eviction or two every year some kind of big catastrophe that happened every quarter which is fine i mean with 11 rentals but you know most of my clients you know you want to get up to 10 grand per month right that's that's a nice place to get up to but to get that, you're going to need 30 to 40 rentals. So now you're talking about eviction every other month, some kind of big catastrophe happening every other week. And the worst thing is like you're you're not able to flex your capital efficiently. Like one of the worst mistakes I see investors do is pay down properties. You don't want to do that. It's like, and this is like a, again, like what normal people try and do. They try and pay off their house. To me, that's silly. Like you want the debt on your property if you can cash flow because the debt, that, that long-term debt is one of the most important things. I mean, it hedges against inflation, which is running rapid today. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that right there is just a, a golden tip because yeah. I, I think you're, you're hitting on what so many people do, to your point. I mean, I, mean people... I did it too. I mean, we're all brainwashed to think, yeah, you don't want to owe, pe owe people money and I get it, but like, it's not... It's not smart from a money management yeah. perspective. Well, and if there's one kind of debt, right, they say that you're going to have, having that in real estate, I mean, it's not the same as like your credit card debt, let's say, or debt on a, something that's not considered an asset, right? Right, right. The thing's got to make more money for you than it leads to, essentially. Yeah. There's a difference between buying properties and buying like a bunch of cars, <laughs> for example, right? right. right? Like you're, you're going to, Mo for the most part, th that's depreciation, not appreciation when you're buying certain kinds of things. So, right. I mean, there's paradigms, sense. right? Just like in similar fashion, like buying a house to live in. I, I think it's not a smart idea. I don't think people should buy your house until your net worth is two or three times what the house costs. 
um, which people feel like, damn it, I'd never freaking buy a house. You're damn right. Like it's a bad financial decision, but most people in this world are really bad with their money, right? They spend more money than they make or they don't make mm -hmm. enough. So for those people, it makes sense to go, yeah, go buy a house to live in because it's a forced piggy bank. But the people that work with me are typically, you know, they're good savers. They save 10, 20, 30,000 plus a year at least. And mm -hmm. for those people, it's better you're on the other side of the paradigm where it makes sense to go buy a house, uh, not buy a house to live in and to go buy rental properties and get on the offense. Yeah, that's big. Um, what what other advice would you give, Lane? You know, because I, I do, like I mentioned to you, you know, I do think that more and more people I talk to um, that are and have good jobs. So So it's not a knock at all as far as you know what you're doing because a lot of people love what they do but they they're just they want to do a little more they want more time you know well, when you ask when i ask a lot of people that i coach you know what 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 is it that you what's the ideal life that you want to have um many i won't say everyone but many people that i talk to you say i want more time I want more time and I'm willing to work hard now. I've got the energy, but you know, that's going to deteriorate <laughs> as time goes on. But I want more time to do things like travel. I want more time to be with my kids. Um, you know, I want more time to do cool, cool stuff like write a book or, you know, just stuff that, that unfortunately you can't fit all that stuff in if you're working 70 hours or something like that. You know, you, you've obviously learned a lot about wealth management. Um, what, what else might you say beyond, um, you know, the real estate investment in terms of, uh, money and things like that? Yeah. I mean, money's not everything, you know, can't say that, right? But like, then again, money makes life a lot easier. Money make, gives you options. And one thing is for certain, a lot of times you can throw money at problems and make them go away. But you, what you can't do really is like get back time. Time is one of those resources you can't really do unless you buy a private jet. Then you can kind of compress time if you travel a lot. But, you know, like that's what all this stuff is. Like essentially what we're doing is we're making a lot more freaking money by investing in assets that are a lot more safer than what you think that is in the stock market. That's all it is. And, but you got to get off the beaten path. You got to get off your comfort zone and you got to start doing this stuff. If not, you never get the rewards. I mean, most of my guys, they can get financially free in five to a dozen years, depending how much money they make. I mean, at that point you start to get into the, you know, now you have options, right? You start to design your lifestyle a la Tim Ferriss style. I mean, like four hour work day. Yeah. And, and this is where like traditional wealth building is predicated on this accumulation bullshit where like you save and clip coupons, you don't drink lattes and then you save two to $4 million when you're old and gray, you can't enjoy it. And then when you get to that point, what are you going to do? Well, you have to eat at your pile and that's not a good situation to be at because your pile will eventually dwindle down to nothing you'll be awarded at the state who wants to do that but what you want to do is you want to have that into cash flow so you can live off of it without the pile going down so the way what we do things is like well the hell why don't we begin with the end in mind and start to create those streams of income get to cash flow stage today and let me buy this rental property let me go into this syndication deal and let me get a shit ton of wealth too right 
And the cool thing about today, right, while you are able to work a day job or have your business, is you don't need to eat those streams of income. And this is essentially what I did. I just bought one property. I didn't, I didn't spend the money that came from it every month. I used it to buy the next property. When I had 11 properties, I had $3,000 of passive cash flow coming in. And that allowed me to essentially buy another round of property every year, every year, every year, or every syndication deal, right? It just, it just snowballs after a while. And it just doesn't take very much to get to this point called like escape velocity, right? Like you think of a rocket ship, at some point you go fast enough, you go high enough, you break the gravity and you kind of go zero G. And in this, in financial planning world, I mean, that's the point where you, you have so much assets, where it just creates so much cash flow babies for you, where you don't have to really do anything. Um, but yeah. it takes it takes hard work and focus to get there. Yep, absolutely. So for somebody who is listening right now, they're like, this podcast is really helpful. I know that I want to invest, but I know I'm going to need support in order to do things the right way. Like maybe someone's listening and they're like, shit, I'm not that good of a saver. Like I'm at the beginning, beginning of my journey. So I even just got to get the right mindset. Um, do you have programs, resources that people can go to, to either work with you directly or your team or something that, that can start getting them into a mindset shift of being able to do this actually successfully and not, you know, totally fail. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we primarily work with folks that are, you know, are able to save five, 10 grand at least per year to get them into that first rental property. Uh, most of our clients are accredited. You know, they make, have a net worth over a million, or they make over two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. You know, th those people will kind of participate in the syndication offerings that we put together. But you know, if you're kind of at square one, right, or you know, negative one at this point, you're dead. You know, um, I have a free basic e-course. People can go and get simplepassivecashflow.com/slash/basic. Mm -hmm. uh, the URL they can get that for free, and then. Um, but if you know you're maybe half a step ahead of that, you know, start learning about you know, remote cash flow and rentals. Um, I'll give you guys the free e-course um, there. Uh, if they go to, or I think here it is. If they text the number five one four six six five one seven six seven, text the word remote to that number, um, they'll get hooked up with a remote rental like e-course. So like six seven hours of me talking about how to do this stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, everything's on my website for free. I mean, a lot of this stuff is, it's not that hard. And, and I think what's hard is like when you're starting out, there's so much noise out there, but for like higher net worth investors, it's so much easier. It's just the problem is there's so much bad financial advice, right? Like, like for the general rule, you don't listen to your financial planner. You don't listen to your parents. You don't listen to your friends the old coworkers you have, like those are the last people you should be listening to. Yeah. Right. It's so true, but, but you're, you couldn't be, you couldn't be more accurate, you know, because there's, I, I think part of it is just the overwhelm is like you go to Google and, you know, ask a question. There's different things that come up. There's these different programs that exactly what you said. If you give me, X amount of thousand dollars, I can make you, you know, a millionaire yeah. or whatever. And it's like, people 
are saying, well, I, I don't have that money to begin with. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, or uh, like I have some money, but I'm not going to, you know, give up my life savings to some program to on the hope that it's going to yield me all this return. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, all this stuff is like, you know, free on my YouTube channel, free on the podcast. We have all these guides for people for free. I mean, like you mentioned earlier, biggerpockets.com. I mean, that's a great resource. Um, mm -hmm. The problem there, I mean, I think those guys kind of cater to, you know, BP stands for broke people. So like, if you're kind of starting out, that's a good place to be. But you know, it takes a lot of effort and energy. Again, most of my clients, you know, they're busy professionals, or if you're a successful entrepreneur, I mean, I always tell I have a lot of guys in startups, entrepreneurs, that are some of my investors, and I tell them like, spend time on your business first, right? Like, don't buy mm -hmm. rentals, that's just a kind of a pain in the butt. Like your highest and best use can only be one thing. Yep. And that might be in your business or your day job for now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I love this so much lane because so many of the folks that listen to my podcast are entrepreneurs um, and are quite successful in what they do. And I, I think that this is just great advice because I think many folks are at that next step that you're talking about. Um, you know, I, I mean, I obviously want to address everybody because I'm not assuming that every person listening is is a step ahead. But I do think many have have made smart choices and do have that extra capital to go, okay, I actually do have some money here. What's a smart thing for me to do with it? So this is a, a, a perfect time for them to to get to you and the resources that you have to to start getting um, making their money go further, you know, yeah. and getting that that time back that yeah. they're that they're looking for. I mean, I think like if somebody is working with you as a client, I mean, they're already proven that they are successful and they're kind of moving forward at that point. For those people, you know, I would say check out my website. It's passive investing because right? your highest and best use is in your business but we all know that you know a lot of people listen to podcasts and they're more of a entrepreneur uh, type yep. not saying that the person listening right now is that for yeah. those people i would say maybe maybe entrepreneurship is not for you maybe you have to go work a day job right i'm not a big fan of college right i got some degrees i don't think it's that great but like yep. most people that's what college is for right you may mm -hmm. want to go go to college, get a degree, get a job. Because again, it comes down to what is your highest and best use? You, your business aspirations may not take off, right? But yep. real estate is something that anybody can kind of do from a passive standpoint. Not anybody yeah. can flip houses do all the wholesaling active stuff. Right? Yeah. But passive real estate is something that the average person, below average, I would say too, can do. It's not much to it, but mm -hmm. you need some money. So your guys' best move would be to get some money and then parlay that as a passive real estate. And then as you kind of figure out what you're doing, watch. Yeah. Yeah, no, I freaking love this. Oh my gosh. If we had more time, I would sit here and talk to you for another hour, but we don't. So I am going to shift into a couple of questions uh, for people to get to know you a little bit more, because that's something that I like for uh, my listeners to, to just learn about my guests a little bit more. So I'm going to rapid fire, ask you five questions before I let you go. Um, and the first one is what are three words that best describe you? Um, analytical, brief, and execution, I guess. I think that's the thing I do. Accurate. Ac accurate. I can, um, I can tell, I tell that already. Like, 
Yeah. Totally get those three words from your vibe. I love it. Okay. Um, what's something about yourself that you're working on improving? Um, I need to build teams better. I've, I mean, my professional career, I, I led construction crews, but it's a little bit different working with you know white collar staff than blue collar folks. It's just different. Um, empowering teams, that type of stuff. Um, yeah. I can't just you know lead by directive, um, and now I have to kind of lead by motivating teams. So that's something that I'm kind of working on, and that's I think in any business owner, that's kind of the stage you get to. You can only take your time so far, so you have to leverage your time with other folks and create opportunities for them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, next question. What's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Very good question. Yeah, everybody has these. I think mine's was like, you know, I'm just like, I look like I'm freaking like 24 now. Like, what the hell? People... Hey, some people want that problem, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this was the problem in when I was an engineer, right? Like, I think I was like, I was in the, I think I was in my late 20s and I was working for like seven, eight years. And then somebody, like some director, super high guy told like me and the engineers to go do something really, you know, I'm like, dude, like I've been here for quite a while, you know, don't tell me to do that type of stuff. <laughs> um, and that's why was one of the many reasons why I left, you know, the W2 environment. Cause you know, you're, it depends how much white hairs you have. Right. And yeah. Right. So the, you're like, you are insulting me. Okay. I am an experienced professional. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, whatever, like net worth doesn't lie is what I say today, right? It's how much money you got in the bank is what really counts and kind of close rank in my opinion. Um, yeah. But, but but yeah, like I didn't think people would listen to me, like the podcast. I'm like, who the hell wants to listen to some guy, you know, who doesn't have all these gray hairs, but I don't know, apparently the right people do, you know, people don't care. Oh um, yeah, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was funny, definitely faced the same thing when I got into consulting um, at 22 years old, telling people that were twice my age how to be more efficient and effective with their processes and their time. Yeah, that was that was fun. Great, great <laughs> case in point today. So I was I was working with my younger partner today on a on a webinar we're doing about infinite banking. Right, so we're kind of teaching our investors how to do this stuff, and then I'm like. You know, he's like trying to get the picture, the profile picture, right? I'm like, dude, just by you showing your freaking picture, you're already better than most of these guys already, right? Like, don't worry. Oh, man. And you're with me too, so don't worry about it. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just showing up sometimes and just kind of keep doing it, especially for more than a year or two, right? Like most people fizzle out or never get started. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have that consistency. Yeah. That's important. I, I mean, I'm sure, you know, this is a lot of the stuff you teach too, right? But like something that I learned kind of from the Tony Robbins book is like with living beliefs, there's always like a, a, a double-edged sword with it, right? Yeah, sure. I don't have gray hair. I haven't been doing this for 50, 60 years. But you know what? Like you don't want to do it the way the guy who's been doing it for 50, 60 years, right? I actually know how to mm -hmm. do this. I know how to use a computer. Good. Yep. Right. Like I got the best practices. Right. There's a reason why I got mm -hmm. to this point so quickly. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I do think that there's confidence that comes in your craft, right? You do something long enough. Um, 
regardless of your age, you're, you're, you have the confidence and you know what you're doing and the right people will get around you, you know? So the goal is not to get everyone. The goal is to get the right people. Right. Right. So, so that's, that I think is the objective regardless of what it is you're doing. Um, okay. What is one thing that you want to see changed in the world? Uh, so one of my missions for simple passive cash flow is like there's a lot of hardworking people that kind of went to college way too long and, and are just hard workers. I mean, it's just take taxes for example. It's not the wealthy that do it. I don't pay taxes. You can go look at my tax returns on my tax page. It's it's the middle class, the shrinking middle class. And these are the people that went to college for so long or like busy entrepreneurs that like created like businesses that help other people employ other people create their lives like those are the people that pay the most taxes and these are the people that ultimately have it the hardest in terms of building wealth um, that's why i created simple passive cash flow because they're so busy they don't have time to learn about anything about investing i mean you know, typical examples of doctor making a million dollars a year but he doesn't know jack about investing so he just puts it into Chase Premier Banking not making one percent, yeah. you know, like, and he pays a boatload of taxes. That sucks. <laughs> Just well, putting that out there. <laughs> someone's got to do it, right? Right. In, in this world, it's all what you know or who you know, too. Yeah. But yeah, that's this. But you know, I, I, I wanna, I wanna thank you because that this is a really big gift you know, that, that you're, that you're giving, um, in terms of, of teaching people about this, because I'll tell you what, you went to college and so did I, and so did many people that are listening to this freaking podcast right now. But when we were in college, did we ever take a course that taught us these things? Right. I, I didn't, I went to a pretty decent university. I, I learned this after, and, and it took me a long time, you know, and I still have so much more to learn, but it wasn't by paying, you know, a university entity where I acquired this knowledge. Right. It was elsewhere. And, and then I learned so, all these other things that the wealthy do, like they don't do retirement accounts, they don't do savings, you know, education, savings plans, none of that nonsense. And the things they do are very simple, but are very complete opposite to what we're all taught. And then... I don't know, some conspiracy theorists out there might think that, hey, the system is engineered to kind of keep it that way, right? Yeah. If, if all these hardworking doctors, lawyers, engineers were financially free before their 40s, I mean, talk about the brain dump at that point for all this experience, but like who would do all this stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, think about that from when we were, we were young. What were you told were the good things to become? a doctor, a lawyer, right? I mean, we were told to do these. And it's again, it's not bad. It's that to your point of, of when you when you acquire, you know, money and you want to get a tax break, and you want to make money go further, and you don't want to work forever. Well, just doing that job is not going to get you there is the is the point of this conversation. Right. Um, okay, so last question, what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? Um, I mean, this is more on the financial side, but you know, you never take financial advice from someone who's not financially free and more, 
technically speaking, you know, the wealthy don't care about interest rate or debt. That's constraint. Ironically, that's what most normal people think about, right? The high net worth wealthy people worry about cash flow and what's happened to their net worth. So yes, they will go into debt if that means their net worth is going up, but they want to safely do it with cash flow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Man, this time has been so valuable. Um, but again, like, like I said, I, I think this is, this is like an appetizer because people are listening and they're probably just very excited now because they're either, again, getting started or they're a little bit you know, they've got a little bit uh, of experience under them and they're, they're ready to take that further. Uh, besides your website, are there other ways that people can follow you to see what you're up to and kind of keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, um, simplepassivecashflow.com is the website. And then the podcast is Simple Passive Cashflow, um, Passive Real Estate Investing. Um, those are the main channels Amazing. for the most part. Excellent. This has been so helpful. <laughs> I know I'm going to be spending more time um, on your content because, again, I selfishly enjoy this topic for my own <laughs> just enjoyment and also being able to flourish in this space. But um, anybody else who is listening, you know, check out Lane's website, follow what he's doing. Um, he's freaking good at what he does. So. I'm, I feel so blessed to have your presence and your time today. I'm really grateful for it. Well, thanks, everybody. Aloha. Bye. Aloha. Thank you. Lane Kawaoka, what an incredible resource for real estate investing. I am a huge fan of real estate investment. It is a personal objective of mine. It's something I've started and it is something I will continue. There's a couple of really simple, basic steps that Lane talked about that I just wanna reiterate. Number one, save your money to invest in real estate. It is worthwhile. It makes sense from a tax perspective, from an equity perspective, from a portfolio and net worth perspective. You cannot go wrong. So save your money. Next thing is continue to invest. Get started. Get started. Invest in your first real estate property. Get with resources that are experts like Lane. Read books. Um, you know, think and grow rich. Rich dad, poor dad. Look up the name Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, and th these are the kind of individuals that you want to follow and see the kinds of things that they're doing because they are experts in this space. Um, obviously, Lane mentioned his podcast and his website. Again, that will be there for you in the show notes. So go check that out. And there are a lot of resources. Uh, there are podcasts um, like Bigger Pockets that are for people who are beginners in real estate investment. But besides your day job, besides your 401k, Real estate is really where it's at in terms of being able to make passive income and get more yield for the time that you want in your life and the ability to do more with your money and your time. So 
I'll get off my soapbox. Uh, it's you obviously know my position on this. If you want to chat more about this, I love nerding out. Send me a DM. Uh, maybe we could set up a, a book club or something. I don't know. Um, just because I'm so passionate about this topic. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, definitely very excited to talk to Lane and excited to spend more time talking to him um, even further. So I really do hope you got something out of today. I always want that after every episode of a Born Unbreakable podcast. We all have our stories, right, of having an unbreakable spirit and doing things in life that are difficult and persevering coming out on the other end. If you want to share your story, I want to hear it. Reach out to me, go to bornunbreakable.com, fill out a request form. This is a platform for you to do that. There are no limits on this podcast. It doesn't matter what your age is, what your race is, what your gender is, what your background is. You have a story. It is going to inspire someone out there in the world. And that's what it's all about. There's enough negativity and I am here to bring you positivity. So tune in again next week because this is what we do here at Born Unbreakable. We bring you a new episode every week that will inspire you to be limitless and just remember that you are your only limit. So take action. What is the one thing that you need to do today to get you a step closer to a goal that you're striving for? Don't overcomplicate it. Take it a step at a time. Don't be debilitated by thinking about all the things that you need to do. Okay. Think about the one thing that you can do today to get you closer to where you want to be tomorrow. Tune in again next time. Shoot me a message. Give me a review. I would really love that. I definitely appreciate it. Go on there to Apple, do a rating, give a review. It goes a long way. It means so much to me. Let me know what topics you want to hear about. Des at bornandbreakable.com. That's it for now. See you next time.